to the Investment Cuddle. I'm Gary, and today on the podcast, we're going to talk renewable energy, with the focus this time on wind. So we talked already about some more generic funds and also about solar energy. So the next big opportunity out there is wind. So as we've said already, the renewable energy area is really looking at energy from sources that are not depleted when used, such as wind, solar and other sources. So there's an environmental benefit to renewable energy, as we know, whereas fossil fuels are depleted. Renewable sources are those that are there in a more abundant amount than we actually need. So wind energy harnesses the kinetic energy of moving air. So we use these large wind turbines. They can be located on land or at sea. So that's onshore for the land and offshore for the sea. And although we've got a variation in wind speeds, we can consider location. And the wind energy in the world actually exceeds our global electricity production. So enough wind energy could, there's enough wind out there to provide what we need. Hot air or not, depending on where, where you uh, are sitting right now. Um, so yeah, ironically, we're sitting in uh, in North Wales at the moment and uh, there are extremely high winds in this part of the world, certainly right on the coast. So there's no shortage of wind here. If we were harnessing any of it, ironically, there is not a wind turbine in sight. So there we are, not in any of the fields or on any of the hills. So wind energy then, you know, it's been used for an awful long time in terms of harnessing that energy to do work. So we know that through the wind mills that we see up on the hills the ones that used to be used for grinding flour uh, to produce flour and as we said we're looking at this onshore or offshore wind energy the technology is now there for both and as this technology has evolved it's been maximizing the electricity produced by the use of taller turbines and larger rotor diameters so we're going to take you through a few a few opportunities for investment. But I thought it was worth just one of the just thought it was worth pausing just for a moment because we I tend to think of renewable energy as new and also the opportunities for investing in it as new. But actually this year, in fact, very recently Green Coat UK Wind, ticker on that is UKW, was the first renewable energy infrastructure trust. So again, we're talking infra- infrastructure trust, investment trust as a vehicle, it was 10 years old. Now, I didn't know this until I started looking into the opportunities for investing around wind, but you've got a 10 year old investment trust. This is not something that's been launched last week. A year ago, it's got 10 years now of history. So the initial launch 
the fund raised 260 million and this was with backing from department for business innovation and skills and sse so we know sse is a company so uk wind was really a pioneer in the sector so it's the largest fund with a market value of over three billion pounds and it's you could argue led to another batch of similar investment trusts coming through looking at renewable energy so i think with wind when we look at why this has been successful um, in terms of investment vehicle, there's been a huge change within the wind industry over the past 10 years or so. Um, certainly in the UK, the Department for Energy and Climate Change have provided levies. Um, and there's also been, that's allowed an opportunity in terms of break-even cost for new onshore wind and for offshore the costs are obviously a little bit higher um, but essentially those changes at government support has meant that things have continued to move forward so likewise you also end up with this situation where for UK wind because the portfolio is 10 years old it also means that some of its assets are now 10 years old. So these are going to be subsidy heavy assets. And the subsidies have been really good by the looks of it for the trust. And it's actually allowed UK wins dividends to be increased over that period, which again, we like. But I think the takeaway from this is if you're going to get involved with wind energy or any of these renewable energies, you need to look at what's being subsidised and whether or not that will come to an end at a particular point in time, at a particular point in time, because that might heavily influence the revenue stream. So let's have a little look at UK wind in a bit more detail. As we've said, it's a three billion pound fund, pays a four point eight percent dividend. As we look at this now, with a three point seven percent discount. So a little bit of gearing on this fund. There's twenty four percent gearing on UK wind, which as we said for investment trusts is never a bad thing. Well, as long as the gearing is not too high anyway. Um, maybe in a rising rate environment, that's a little bit different, but it's certainly a little bit of gearing allows them to leverage their assets. And that dividend frequency is quarterly. So looking at the dividend, it looks like they've got plenty of dividend cover at the moment. And as we said earlier, that dividend has increased over certainly over that last five year period that we're looking at there. So UK Wind, as the name suggests, has got assets in the UK. 
unsurprisingly. So they've got assets in Northern Ireland, in the north of Scotland, and then down into the lowlands of Scotland. There's offshore, just on the west coast, and some on the east coast, and then a lot, and then a lot of wind in the east side of the country as well. So if you know the UK particularly well, that's a pretty broad coverage. So in terms of geography, it's 48%, almost half the trust's assets are in England, 40% are in Scotland, 9% in Northern Ireland, and 4% in Wales. 56% of the of those assets are onshore, with 44% offshore. And for those of you that are really keen on this sort of stuff, 38% of their assets are Siemens turbines, with 36% Vestas. GE's down at 5%. And the asset age, as we said earlier, interesting now because this particular investment trust is getting... Um, which turned 10 years of age, which if uh, any of you have got 10-year-olds will know that that's not a particularly mature time period. But for investment trust, it certainly shows a level of maturity. And again, as we said, they're paying a reasonable dividend and have focused on increasing that. So a lot of assets broken, a lot of assets across the UK Total annual budget in gigawatt hours, so 5,000 gigawatts as a budget, at a target of 4,600 gigawatts in 2022, and they generated 4,362 gigawatts of electricity in terms of actual. So the variation, they were about 5% down on budgeted generation. So I think the takeaway from Green Coat UK Wind Investment Trust is that it's a very large fund for an investment trust. Um, it's been now around for 10 years. And over that 10-year period, um, interestingly enough, from their annual report, They've shown that UK Wind has outperformed a number of funds. Interestingly enough, it's a number of funds, a few of the funds there anyway, are the ones that we have looked at already. So Blue Solar Income Fund we looked at in our podcast on solar energy. For those of you that haven't listened to that one, uh, Next Energy Solar Fund's in there as well. Foresight Solar Fund, they've compared it against, and John Lang Environmental Assets Group. That's not one we've covered so far on the podcast. And the Renewables Infrastructure Group. So what they're saying basically is over a 10-year period, the Green Coat UK Wind has outperformed all of those. Obviously, for me, from a renewables point of view, they're all slightly different different jurisdictions different technologies and i think 
as we were talking previously about looking at an energy system, um, you know, you would take the example, let's say, of your sitting with a factory on top of a hill and you might have some fairly severe energy requirements for your processes. So you might look at some energy storage along with a wind turbine and possibly an electrolyzer and you could produce hydrogen on site and maybe distribute some of that hydrogen if you have access to the community around you especially if you're on or off grid frankly so that was uk wind or green coat wind so the next one on our list is renewables infrastructure group as we've just mentioned previously about the comparison on that one but this is trig t-r-i-g is a ticker on this one so we've already talked about this in terms of our broad set of renewable funds to invest in but the reason we brought this one back in is because actually this one is about 85 percent wind so when you look at the renewable infrastructures the renewable infrastructure group limited or trig for short onshore wind is about 50 plus percent Offshore wind is 30%. You've got a little bit of solar PV at 13%, and then they've got something called flexible capacity. So those are the technologies. And actually, in terms of geography, they're mostly based in Scotland. So again, this is this is the UK, for those of you that are not, not based in the UK. Scotland is still part of the UK, as we, as we stand today. 30% in Scotland, 25% in England and Wales. Then comes the rest of it across Europe. So you've got 14% in Sweden, 10% Germany, 9% France. But in Spain, the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, which again at the moment is still part of the UK. So in terms of UK, then you've got what, 88% in the UK. And then the rest is Europe. But I have to say I quite like this fund. And just have a quick recap on TRIG. TRIG is £3.2 billion fund with a 5.3% dividend. So again, a big fund, a bit like UK Wind, lots of assets, 4% discount at the moment. No gearing, according to the numbers at the moment, and a quarterly dividend. So when we look at that, dividend they got plenty of dividend cover which is what i think a lot of these certainly renewable investment trusts seem to be having plenty of cash to cover the dividends which and most of these trusts have got a fairly hefty dividend so we said good dividend cover for trick and again it's one of those funds where if you wanted to do uh, wind investment trig it covers a lot of a lot of wind assets and actually it covers a little bit of um, solar as well so 
I wouldn't say in te- terms of technology that's massively diversified, but it is certainly an option for covering wind in the UK and Europe. So next on the list, we've got Global X. It's an ETF, Wind Energy UCITS, which is a bit of a mouthful, really, isn't it? So ticker on this is WNDY or Windy. Global X Wind Energy ETF. So it currently has 33 holdings. Doesn't look like it pays a dividend at the moment. But so the breakdown across the sectors here, just less than 50% industrials and just less than 50% utilities with just under 1% materials. And that's broken down across China with 36% in China, Denmark's 27, Canada 17, and the remainder, Spain, Germany, Brazil, Greece, are all under 5%. So very different geographic breakdown compared to the other two in terms of UK and Europe. So just looking at the companies that this invests in, you look at their top 10, Vestas wins, wind, Vestas Wind Systems at almost 15%. Trying to see if there's any other various Chinese companies in there. Orsteads, also about 12%. So again, you can see where they are covering China and Denmark in terms of the jurisdiction there with pretty much 50% of the fund. And that, to me, I'd not be that keen on that balance, but that's just personal view in terms of jurisdiction, really. But there are other ETFs out there. Another one that is available, which is also a wind energy ETF, ticker on that is WNDG. So this is... $115 million fund, domiciled in Ireland, with 30 holdings. And again, it's a Global X is the issuer on this one. So similar to Windy, ongoing charge on this is half a percent, which again is what you expect for an ETF, or maybe lower in some cases. So this in terms of sectors, Renewable energy is classed as 93% of that, with 4% electricity. Industrials making up the rest. 85% of the fund is based in South Korea. 5% Denmark. Just under 5% is in China. And the rest are less than 1% or not classified. So who are these guys investing in? Well, their biggest holding is CS Wind Corp at 76%, which is kind of ridiculous that you'd have 70%, 76% of your fund in one holding. You know, you talk about funds or any portfolio, you think 3 to 5% of any individual stock, 15% within any sector. So at 76%, 
they've kind of blown that balance. So yeah, so CS Wind, Korean company, been around since 2014, certainly in terms of listing, involving wind turbines, unsurprisingly. Pays a dividend, but I think for me, 76% of the fund being one company is kind of rule-breaking in terms of where I would set my limits on a portfolio. So if you do want to look at that fund or that ETF, then probably worth a look. But certainly in terms of being diversified, doesn't quite look like kind of diversification that we would normally look for, which is surprising, I think. So we go from being not very diversified to not diversified at all. In our last fund or company here, we're going to look at Vestas Wind Systems AS. The ticker on that is VWS. So Vestas make wind turbines. So if you want to invest in the actual manufacture and distribution of these, servicing, that sort of thing, you can look at Vestas. Well, there's lots of other companies obviously out there doing this, but we just picked Vestas as an example. It's 192 billion. So that's Danish, probably about 23 billion pounds in sterling. So pretty pretty big company, not not the biggest, but a big big organisation. They have a small annual dividend, but they do pay a dividend. So when you look at Vestas overall, they have got a reasonable level of gigawatts in terms of orders being captured. In 22, when you look at the split, actually from 2021, offshore orders are picking up. And obviously they're seeing a slight rise in order intake and the selling price with changes in inflation. But they've got a significant order book. It's 19 billion euros of order book. So their service business, they're based in Asia Pacific, Europe and America. So pretty much the lot. They're covering those areas across 44 different countries. So their service business is increasingly looking at the aging assets and what they class as repairing solutions. So that's an interesting aspect to the renewables. As we said with UK Wind, as, as we get a little more mature, the game changes ever so slightly. And then in terms of commercial activities, they have got a real focus in Europe and America. So their commercial activities, they are certainly growing that pipeline of projects, more so actually in the Asia-Pacific region than Europe. So Asia-Pacific and America than Europe in terms of those new projects. But I guess, as we said before, it's a lot easier to find a fund that has got wind in its portfolio in Europe 
and invest in that. So maybe those other things will come down the pipe as those facilities get installed. So I think a positive story for Vestas there in terms of what they're up to, even though their revenue was down slightly in 2022 compared to 2021, they're seeing an increase in production costs, as you wouldn't be surprised to hear. But it basically looks like their EBITDA has dropped off significantly in 2022. And I don't really understand why that is from their financials, to be quite honest. Special items are added to the EBIT, which makes them look like they are significantly more profitable than they are. They might be one to watch, really, Vestas, if you're looking at wind energy. I think my major concern with all of this is just how you maintain these items and life them. I think the engineering point of view, certainly these things went up very quickly. So the legacy of these turbines is such that they may come back to bite you in the future in terms of servicing. But that all comes down to how these guys have organised their service contracts. But they are saying that their profit went up in 2022. But I think when you look at that, there's some specials in there. Company cards, companies start putting in specials. Those are one-offs. And so that's a, a concern. I mean, their, their, their working capital hasn't changed very much between 21 and 22. And they're saying the main impact was inventory, which, as we know, inventory is not cash flow. Inventory is a killer of cash flow, essentially, because you can't ship bits. Now, whether that's a, an issue with parts availability or what, it's difficult to know what's going on with the company, but you can only work what they are providing. So I think when you look at individual companies, they're always more of a challenging bet. I won't use the word gamble. I think if you are looking at leveraging the energy that's sold off these assets and the management of the assets, perhaps one of these individual funds would make a lot more sense than going for individual companies. Unless, of course, you don't want to go down the road of funds because they are more expensive on the fees. But as we said, with the solar funds, what we've been doing since pretty much the turn of the year is looking at performance. And Greencoat UK Wind PLC, that's up 5%. So that's you, ticker on that was UKW, up 5%. For the year, and you compare that to something like Trig, the Renewable Infrastructure Group Limited, that's down 1.5% on the year, so not fared quite as well as Greencoat UK Wind. And then we'll look at the Global X ETF, so Wind Energy, ticker on that was WNDG. So since the turn of the year, that ETF is down about 12%. So I guess if you look at the difference between green coat at up five and the ETF WNDG 
down 12. That's a 17% swing since the turn of the year, which is significant if you were putting your hard-earned money into one of those. That gives you a few funds to look at and a few companies against the wind energy technology. I think, again, if you're looking for an investment in this area, I think a fund makes, at least to me, a lot more sense than going with individual companies because, as we've seen with some of the funds, you can diversify across region and technology. So whether it's Siemens or GE or Vestas, some of those companies we've seen already, you would look at those and go, well, do I have to pick a favorite? Not really. You pick a fund, you pick regions, you can look across the Americas, Asia-Pacific region or Europe or all of it across some of these ETFs, if you wish, by balancing some of the investment. So, so you can look at all of those across these funds that we've covered here. So that's wind energy. I'll put the links in the show notes for those of you who want to dig into the detail. And if you've got any comments on what we're looking at here, things we've missed, things you'd like us to look at, then please get in touch. And we'll see you next time. This programme has been presented for information and educational purposes only. None of the information or content of the programme is to be taken as an offer, opinion or recommendation by the programme's hosts or guests to buy or sell securities. Nor is it intended to provide legal, tax, accounting, commercial or financial advice. Opinions and comments are based on information from sources believed to be reliable. All investing involves risk as prices go up or down based on a number of factors. Always consider consulting a financial professional before investing.